fascinating. The dew sings the song for a future vision. Ehyechatal Yisrael. I shall be like the dew for the people of Israel. Yifrach kashushano will sprout like the rose or lily. Be'ach sharoshav kalavonoin and strike its roots in like the mighty cedar. And we've already explained that the tal, the dew, is always welcome. It's something which is positive. It's something which revives. It's it's connected to Tichir Mason, which is the resurrection of the dead. And Hashem promises to the Jewish people to be like that tal, not just giving a drink of water, which can revive you for a bit, but the tal which represents a revival in the sense of always being there. Even when you think all is lost, even when you think you're in Golos and you're, you're in exile and it's all over, it's not all over. I was thinking that uh, when I mentioned the other day, Shiroshi Nimlatol, the phrase from Shir Hashirim, which we sing after Shabbos, after Havdolah, that my, my head, the hair of my head is is wet from the dew, either because of the tears, the crying of the goddess of the exile, according to some of the commentators, others say it's because, it's because the beloved is waiting outside and is so loyal and is so patient they're willing to wait outside and, yeah, get totally soaked. But not by the rain, by the dew. Because the dew is something which is hope. The concept of this hope through the dew is fascinatingly expressed in a number of ways, but I find fascinatingly exemplified by one of the most interesting characters in Tanakh, in Shoftim, and that's Gidoin, Gideon. We first meet him as he is um, threshing the wheat in, I can't remember if it's the olive press or the wine press, I don't have the text in front of me now, because the Midianites have been raiding the Jewish people for many years, and it's not safe to thresh the wheat in the threshing floor because they'll find it and they'll take it. So thresh it in a place where they're not going to look because it's not the season for that particular fruit. And that's what Gideon's doing, which is already a bit of a clue to the fact that he's brave. Hashem sends a malach, Hashem sends some kind of messenger to him, a malach who comes to him and says, Hashem God is with you, O mighty man, O man of valour. And instead of Gideon just saying, oh, thank you very much, he doesn't say that. He actually questions. He goes, really? God's with us? Well, how does that work? Look around. We are being, we're being persecuted. It's, uh, we're being slaughtered left, right and centre. I perhaps have this on the mind at the moment. I've been, been um, going through the, um, the, the archives of the, the Eichmann trial. And when you talk about Yechiel Dinar's famous, famous speech about planet Auschwitz, and he talks about it being just another planet removed, something totally different. 
Lahavdil, maybe Lahavdil, Gidon is saying, we're not on the same page. God is with us, the one who took us out of Egypt. And he's not complaining per se. He's questioning, saying, if God is with us, let him show his face. And the response that he gets is, Go with the strength of yours, the strength of revival. And he fights a fight of revival to bring back the Jewish people. I think of the idea as the same before, the, of, of your, your, your face, your head being wet with the dew, the dew which is re- reviving. Think in the morning when you splash the water on your face to bring a bit of life back into yourself after you've been sleeping. But Gidoin does this in a big way. He's given a mission to fight back against the Midianim. His first job is to chop down the Asherah tree, the uh, tree of the Zorah, and to smash up the altar of Baal. Baal, which means master, but master of the self, smashing up the altar, and he risks his life for it. His father, Yoyosh, which actually, similar to the word to give up, actually defends his son. And he says to the people, you're going to fight Baal's fight for him? That's crazy. If Baal's a god, let him fight for himself. And it was actually his, he was his own idol. But he actually saw the light. He saw, he understood. He himself seems to have had some kind of revival. And then Gidoin continues with his task. But before he does, he asks something, which the Gemara says, he asks Shaloikahogan that he shouldn't have asked. He said, I, I want a bit of a test. And he does two tests. One where he presents a fleece, both of them, there's a fleece of wool, and he asks in one of them for the fleece to remain dry, and that all the ground around should be soaking wet with dew the next morning. And sure enough, that's what happens. He then asks for a reverse of that, that the fleece the next morning should be soaking and the ground should be totally dry, which the Mephorosham, the commentators explain, means almost totally dry, because as we've said, the dew never ceases. And he shouldn't have asked for that, according to some. But it worked, because the Tal is a gift, and Gidon was defending his people, and he was looking to see if the people themselves are worthy. He's not asking, can God do this? Of course he knows God can do this. He's already expressed this. But he wants to know if they are worthy. The fleece of the sheep, the sheep who we think of as a, you know, as, as, a, as, as a motif, or the Tsoin Yisrael, Tsoin Kadoshim, who faithfully follow their God through the Midbar, through the exiles, full of dew, full of a hope for the future. And when he selects his army, he calls people and people rally to the cause. He gathers 32,000 soldiers. But God says, no, 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 that's too many. I want people to understand who's running the show. Send away those who are afraid. 22,000 went home straight away. He's left with 10,000. Okay, well, you know, 135,000 soldiers would be a bit of a miracle. Hashem says, no, still too many. He takes them down to the water. He says, those who drink from the water like a dog, lapping up face right to the water or bowing down, whether it's two different types of bowing down, send them home. Only those who crouch and cup the water to their their mouths, those you can keep because the others are clearly used to bowing down to the river, to the reflection, to the self. Bowing to the reflection and not looking up 
Gidon is asking if the dough is worthy, that generation, and 300 people only were left worthy, the others bowing down to the self. They believed in themselves, but in the wrong way. There's a difference between trusting in oneself and serving oneself. That's the two understandings of believing in oneself. And many people had it wrong, but Gidon turns it all around. And when he's still not sure, Hashem says, don't worry, take your lad with you, go to the edge of the camp. And he overhears a dream that two Midianite soldiers are discussing. One of them said, I had a dream that a giant barley cake rolled through this camp and flattened the camp. And somebody said, do you know what that is? That is the barley cake of Gidon. And Gidon's army of 300 people is going to destroy 135,000 of us. It's Lil Po'imam. Slil, which is from the word clear, clarity, the Omer, the, the Omer itself, which of course is very reminiscent and very much connected to the Mon, which itself was sandwiched in between the Jew. These are manifestations of the fact that God is running that show. The Mon is from Shemayim, and he's recognizing and he's showing, he's showing that what we are meant to be doing. Tal is 39, Lamed Tess. 40 is the number of rebirth. 40 saw on a mikvah, 40 days, a fetus is called a, a, a fetus, and the mubble, the flood was for 40 days, or 40 years in the wilderness before a new chapter, and it goes on and on and on. 39, that tal, is that splash on the face. 39 years, really, only they were in the wilderness, and in the 40th, they went into the land of Israel. When you're see and feel that revival and you feel Hashem's touch, you are revived and you are ready to move on.